Welcome to the Monday edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Cole. I am joined by Benjamin Ben Brown. Um, we are coming to you. We're gonna we're cheating a little bit here. We're, we're not sticking it through to the end of this Sunday night football game when we normally tape. Although we did get a really amazing, exciting play to end the first half, and that was Greg Zerline making that that field goal. And that kind of tells you about how the rest of the game has gone so far. So if you're listening to this tomorrow, and it was a spectacular second half, and both quarterbacks, uh, there was a shootout, then, you know, uh, maybe we were we were wrong to to not to not wait to see what our our major takeaways are going to be from this game. But I, I think we're safe. We're safe skipping that, assuming there's nothing going to be earth shattering going to happen here in the second half. Yeah, I mean, when Greg Zerline's the MVP of the first half, I think it's fine to kind of run it back a little bit quickly. But I would appreciate <laughs> some more points, preferably of the touchdown variety, just for the over. But I don't necessarily think that's going to happen either. So as long as the Cowboys cover, I guess I'm going to be happy with this at this point in time. So yeah, yeah, and no matter how strong. The seasonal trend is there's no trend strong enough, I don't think, to get to, to get points scored in this game. But we, you, you guys, will see what happened by the time by the time this is out. But let's talk about some other trends that happened today before we get into the Monday Night Football game, which of course is the Giants and Buccaneers. Um, first, I want to ask you, Ben, are you buying, selling, holding the Steelers being the second best team in the in the AFC? You know what's interesting about you putting second best team here. That's kind of the way to look at it from a rational perspective. But trust me, there will be plenty of people, hashtag wins and hashtag no losses, that'll say the Steelers are, in fact, the best team in in the AFC. So I'll put it second best to you, because I think we were both going to have the Chiefs as being being the best team. Um, So what do you say? Yeah, I mean, I've been kind of fading the Steelers for a little while, and it hasn't necessarily worked out. Obviously, it was... It was tough for anybody in that upper echelon of AFC teams besides the Chiefs, and I guess I would say the Steelers uh, in Week 8. Um, of course, the Ravens kind of lost. I don't think, I don't know, I didn't think that the Steelers actually played all that well. Of course, the first quarter, uh, pick 6 of Lamar Jackson kind of set the tone for the Steelers to begin with. But, um, you know, the Ravens went into this game at halftime up 17-7. The Steelers kind of slowed them down in the second half a little bit and finally got the offense moving a little bit through Juju Smith-Schuster, which was the first time we've actually seen him probably be a little bit heavier involved in 2020. It kind of, it's kind of been the Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool show. So from that perspective, if I'm having to buy into Ben Roethlisberger actually being, um, you know, a quality quarterback, that's, you know, basically like the number two quarterback in the AFC. I would probably be selling it at this point in time. The problem is, is that there's no real other options. Like the Titans went in and lost. The Ravens lost. I mean, you're basically choosing between the Bills and I guess really the Bills at this point in time. So I don't know. What are you what are you thinking about at this point in time? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm going to put it there. Begrudgingly, I'll put them as being the second best team. I think going into this week, I would have still had the Ravens as being that team. And I think... You could you could see that that was implied by the fact that this is a four point spread on this game, um, which would be higher than whatever the assumed home field advantage would be. That the market agreed with the fact that the Ravens were were the best team. I mean, this was just really an awful performance by Lamar Jackson, and this has been a continuing theme for Jackson. He was able to you know do some stuff on the ground, 
but uh, through the air, you know, barely 200 yards, despite the fact that they needed to pass a lot. A um, couple of interceptions, four sacks, and I think that's been a huge difference in his game year over year. Last year, I think he took a total of 23 sacks. He had barely over 100 sack yards, um, so he wasn't even taking that many yards when he sacked. I mean, he's already over the the yardage total this year, and he's going to blow right past the sack number. So it's just there's a lot more downside to the passing game with Lamar, and that seems to be the problem. But I think there's a pretty healthy gap between uh, the Chiefs and the Steelers, and that's probably the main thing to think about going forward. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree with you. So let's let's go to the next question. What rookie quarterback would you rather have right now? What one are you buying? What one are you selling? And what one are you probably holding on to at this point in time? Well, you know, a few games into the season, I would have said that I was buying Herbert um over one, I guess more than a few games. Maybe let's say, let's say four or five games of the season. I was sell, I was, I was selling Burrow versus how people had perceived him um, because he, I mean, he had graded really, really well. He was in like the top ten, top seven, and then Herbert was down much lower. Uh, people were really infatuated with Burrow despite the fact that he was taking a ton of sacks and he really needed massive, massive volume to get there. But you know, he's looked pretty good. Um, his 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 numbers have have come more in alignment with what his grade was, and this. Is the reverse has happened for for Herbert, where his numbers have still been pretty strong, but his grade has actually gone up a bit to match with it. So they look pretty neck and neck right now. So in that circumstance, what I'm going to do is I'm going to fall back on my prior, and that's the fact that Burrow was a much better prospect coming into the league. And for that reason, I would lean towards Burrow at this point. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I do think that Burrow probably has a little bit worse of a supporting cast around him, especially at that offensive line position I do think that the receivers are probably you know fairly similar in a lot of ways I do think that uh, Keenan Allen is clearly the best one wide receiver and I think Mike Williams actually fits in quite well with what Justin Herbert's able to do so from that perspective I do think that the weapons around him are a little bit better for Justin Herbert so I have been impressed with what Joe Burrow has been able to put forth despite his circumstances in a lot of way I'm not necessarily a huge fan of Zach Taylor either so I do think uh, the coaching hasn't necessarily been all that great around Joe Burrow as well so from that perspective perspective I do think that he's kind of um, you know done better despite those surroundings around him so that's kind of why I'm buying into him and you know he's basically like six of one against the spread at this point in time we've been backing him every week so from that that's perspective on the, the betting <laughs> side and that's really the only thing that matters I gotta love Joe Burrow so I'm definitely buying Joe Burrow I kind of want to hold Tua though I mean we didn't really see too much of him uh, obviously it was kind of this defensive special team showcase game for the Miami Dolphins obviously that's super random not necessarily uh, going to happen you know, in subsequent weeks, but they got the victory against the Rams team that I was kind of lower on, um, but a lot of people actually really like. So I think that was kind of a big win for them in general. So we're kind of, it'll be exciting to see what Miami is actually able to do here towards the end of the season because they could, you know, potentially stay relevant in that AFC East playoff hunt here at this point in time, which I don't think is necessarily going to happen for the Bengals. And I think, you know, the Chargers losing today as well was kind of a big loss for them if they wanted to kind of sneak into one of those last two uh, wildcard spots for the AFC playoff race. So. Yeah, but it was a weird first game for Tua because it was it was somewhat similar to what Mahomes uh, was dealing with when he was playing against the Broncos, where it's just you don't have to do anything to win the game. Basically, um, maybe you could lose the game if you had if you did something awfully bad. But you know he didn't throw an interception. He only took one sack for three yards. But at the same time, he was 12 of 22, 93 total yards, only 4.2 yards per attempt. So not not good there. But he didn't really have to do anything. So it'll be interesting to see going forward with Tua. Um, Presumably, this Dolphins defense is not going to turn into the 85 
bears, and we're going to see this over and over again. And he's going to have to do something uh, uh, and, and put the ball up in the air. So that's what I'm looking forward to for the rest of the season. No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contests without having to make a deposit. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up and they'll match your first deposit with a $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF Edge annual subscription. Yeah, okay, so the last, the last one for you. Um, let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. What, what are we thinking here? Everyone wants to heap praise upon Gruden for what they have done. Uh, the Browns are the Browns. It's not. They're kind of a little bit of a fraudulent uh, team going into this week. What, are you ready to say, yeah, the Raiders are for real. They're a playoff. Con- they're not just a playoff contender, but they're someone who can pot- potentially make some noise the, the rest of the season. I mean, they did beat the Chiefs earlier in the season, of course, coming out of their bye. They did have a pretty big game against Cleveland. I thought we were actually going to learn a decent amount of them. I do think that the win kind of played probably a pretty decent factor in this matchup. But, you know, the Raiders went in and they actually dealt with it and they played pretty well. I think they had 45 rushing attempts, 31 going to Josh Jacobs. So um, they play a unique, I I don't even know if it's necessarily a unique brand of football, but they find ways to beat teams almost at their own game, which I think is kind of an interesting concept. I do think that uh, they've been successful doing it. So from that perspective, I do think that they could, they definitely look like they're probably going to be in that playoff pitcher race. I do think they'll probably, you know, have you know an inside track basically at one of those uh wild card matchups here so i'm kind of interested to see what they do but i do think they're kind of an exciting team with Hunt henry ruggs you know they have a decent amount of receivers that you know are kind of plug and play options basically but i do really like darren waller as well and i do think Derek Carr's probably looked pretty good so from that perspective i'm not necessarily buying them as the top of the afc but i do think in that you know pecking order basically four through six i do think that they're definitely relevant at that point in time yeah, yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. I mean, they have now this tie breaker over the Browns if it ever comes down to it, and that could end up being important. You look at the other teams that'll be in contention for one of the last playoff spots. The Miami Dolphins, you know, we'll see there. Like we said, two is a two is pretty new, so that'll be interesting. I think they're helped a lot by the fact that the Chargers lost today to the Broncos. Um, if the Chargers would have been the team moving to to three and four instead of the Broncos, I think that would have been much more troubling and. Much much more competition going forward. Um, but then again, you know, you look at the Raiders, they're still a negative 16-point differential on the year. So nothing nothing that spectacular, and probably we'll have to still be a little bit on, on wait-and-see mode for them going forward. All right, let's scroll over. Let's talk Monday night. Let's talk um, what you've been seeing when you're looking at this game. Bucks, Giants, as of right now, I'm looking at green line here, and it is 13 
to no. uh, to the to the Bucks, or is it down to eleven now? What what, what is it right now? Uh, I'm looking at more twelve and a half is basically what I'm seeing okay. it. So I think it's kind of sitting in between twelve and a half. There are some thirteens, a little bit of rogue eleven. I mean the eleven, twelve, those numbers basically aren't that don't really matter too much from a betting perspective. Obviously, we don't see too many games land at eleven or twelve. But this is you know Monday night. I think it's going to be a better matchup than Sunday night. Twenty-seven places separate these teams in our Elo rankings. Uh, you know the blind actually opened up closer to nine and a half. It cut through ten, which is a key number, and now it's kind of bouncing back and forth between eleven and a half up to thirteen in some spots. So um, it seems like everything basically has been on the Bucks side. Our cash and ticket percentages both lean heavily in that direction. I do kind of like that our model also leans in that direction. That is something that you wouldn't necessarily see all the time where um, you know a big road favorite is actually has a model lean or a model play in certain situations. So um, from that perspective, I do kind of lean towards the Bucks. I don't think the Giants are really all that playable. The total, that's actually come down two and a half points since the open. I'm not quite sure what the weather looks like exactly, but we've kind of seen overall totals have kind of taken a pretty significant hit. Obviously, some of that was related to weather concerns today. Um, I do think that is probably the correct direction as we head into you know the later weeks in the season but our cash ticket percentages on that total both lean towards the over i think it's a slightly higher percentage on the tickets than the cash so i would say that that probably indicates that bigger betters are probably back in the under just a little bit more um i'm not too sure on a direction on either side of that i don't really think either is a viable solution so if i was wanting to bet on a game total i'd probably lean towards the bucks there are some good uh prop options as well in the player prop markets but uh maybe we'll talk a little bit about showdown from your perspective and then we can hop in and see how that fits in with some of these player prop options yeah yeah well why don't we talk uh prize picks um first um so let's look here at at what we have available um so i'm i think there's some interesting plays here i mean number one with Devonte freeman out and you have probably wayne gallman's going to be the guy in that backfield so i think he's an interesting guy from a from a showdown perspective or if you're looking at a um a, a props perspective he could be really interesting unless you really think that um you know, Dion Lewis is going to be is going to be that involved in there, and I'm just not sure that that's actually going to be the case. So I think he looks interesting. I'm interested to see what uh, Rob Gronkowski is able to do going forward here. Uh, no, we're we're not going to have um, we're not going to have Antonio Brown yet. We're not going to have Chris Godwin in this game. Mike Evans has not been the most involved. So I think Scotty Miller and uh, Rob Gronkowski are probably two of the more interesting names there. It just depends on how high the market is on him at, on, at this point. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. I am kind of liking Tyler Johnson. Obviously, he's not really a prize picks option, but maybe he's more of a showdowns type of situation. But there is some interesting or, you know, some sort of guessing work going on to the Giants wide receivers and also Evan Ingram to a certain extent as well. Of course, you have Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, who actually had the highest amount of volume targets last week. So from that perspective, I could see a couple of these guys potentially going under. The problem is that I think one of them is going to get a significant a significant amount of the volume and I'm not quite sure how to actually project that out whether you're just doing that based on matchup or not so I don't know I do think that Daniel Jones is in a decent spot here I do like his over 1.5 passing touchdowns at plus money so I'm also going to buy into his over 15.5 fantasy projections here on prize picks I do think that that's probably a viable play as well um, I was kind of hoping that we'd get a Leonard Fournette prize picks option here as well I do think that fading him <laughs> 
for that Ronald Jones is probably a viable solution, but I don't know. We don't really have that, so maybe that's more of an option on Showdown. So um, I don't know. Do you have any other prize pick ones that's kind of hopping out, popping out for you? No, I, I think those were the main ones. And yeah, what you mentioned about Fournette, that backfield is going to be a little bit tricky how it's how it's working right now because it was almost a 50-50 split between Fournette and Jones in the last game as far as carries were concerned and then if you look at the receiving work you know Fournette was running a route on almost 60% of passing plays uh, Jones was down around 30 something percent and you know Jones has just dropped a lot of passes uh, he just continues to do that so I do think it's interesting is whether or not Fournette you don't think of him as being a receiving back but at least he can he can he seems to be fairly secure catching the ball. So that backfield could go a bunch of different ways. It could go back to Jones being the dominant guy. Uh, it could flip over to Fournette. Um, but I think maybe the real call is to to fade whoever has the higher number when you're looking at these situations. And when it comes to to showdown this week, that's something that I, I'm definitely buying into is the fact that I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to fade Ronald Jones. Where if you look at him for, for a flex option this week, he's the fourth highest salary of anyone on the slate at 8800 as opposed to Fournette down at 6200 So I think it's pretty easy to flip towards Fournette. Uh, the question will just be whether everyone's having that same thought this week, especially in a PPR format. Yeah, I definitely like that. I do agree with that line of thinking as well. Um, we'll see. I do think showdowns kind of is kind of really interesting because the Giants just don't have too many options. And then, yeah, like you said, the Bucks backfield is definitely getting uh, pretty crowded coming up here on Sunday, so or on Monday night, basically. So I don't know. I think if you were leaning towards a prize picks play on the Giants wide receivers, I'd probably lean towards the over on Darius Slayton, under on Golden Tate is kind of the direction I would lean for as well. Um, and that's kind of the direction I'm looking at for the prop markets. Like I said earlier, I do like Daniel Jones over 1.5 passing touchdowns. That's plus 170 right now. So I do think that that's probably a viable solution. Touchdown it a little bit earlier as well. I do like Leonard Fournette under rushing yards. I do think that's probably playable. You mentioned it. Ronald Jones is probably getting a little bit more of the rushing carries and the attempts. Leonard Fournette looks like he's a little bit more of the pass catching receiving type back out of the backfield. So from that perspective, but I do think there's going to be a decent amount of volume for either running back that actually performs in the passing game, especially without Chris Godwin. So we'll see. I do kind of like Tyler Johnson as a showdown play. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. I was just going to mention Johnson because it's one of those things where you have a decent implied total um, for for the Bucks this week, but you don't have a lot of names, at least receivers, to allocate that to. I think Mike Evans has been hampered, and I think people are, are down on him a bit. Do you really want to pay up so much for Scotty Miller? I know he's had some great performances, but it's a little bit of a, of a question mark there. Uh, Rob Gronkowski has had a bit of a resurgence, but he, you know, he, he could fade back uh, in again. And then, so if you're looking for a cheaper option, option which is going to cost you about the same uh, between you know a little bit more than what a what a kicker is going to cost you, and it's going to cost you a lot less than something like the Buccaneers defense. That's an option is is Tyler Johnson, and he would be a guy that I would be sprinkling into flex lineups for sure. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So we'll see. It is going to be an interesting Monday night slate of action. I think it'll be probably a little bit better than the Sunday night action. Do so you have any final parting thoughts of wisdom here coming up, Kevin? No, no, no final parting thoughts of wisdom. Just uh, a hope and a prayer that we get a good Monday night game that'll help uh, cleanse the palate after what we've had to go through tonight. I love it. I love it. We need cleansing of the palate. So once again, this was Ben Brown joined by showdown expert Kevin Cole. We talked a little bit, you know, fantasy betting, prize fix, everything else. So make sure you tune into that Monday night football action. I do think it's going to be a little bit better than the Sunday night football. So this was 
Uh, once again, the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Thank you, guys. Thank you.